Welcome to Beating the Drum, a podcast about the art and science of customer advocacy. Every company dreams about having customers that will sing their praises. And on this show, we'll explore just how to make that happen. I'm your host, Margot Leong, and for nearly a decade, I've helped create, nurture, and mobilize customer evangelists for B2B and B2C. On this episode, I was joined by Jane Menyo, head of customer marketing at Gong, a company that I think has done an excellent job in terms of modern B2B brand building. Prior to Gong, she ran solutions and customer marketing for several years at On24. We talk about the importance of creating programs that can address different objectives at once, examples of her favorite customer engagement campaigns, and how to work with customers to evolve your brand narrative. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Jane. Jane, thank you so much for coming on Beating the Drum. Really excited to have you join us today. Thank you, Margo. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I, I love your show and I'm just really honored to be featured on it. I really appreciate that and love hearing it. So the first thing, you know, of course, that we'd love to go into is just learning a little bit about your background. Can you share about that as well as your journey to customer marketing and advocacy, kind of where you are now? Yeah. And I, so actually my, my background, I feel like, like so many people in marketing, it's, you never wake up in first grade and say, I want to grow up to be a marketer, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, maybe like, like a small fraction, but you're right. Most people, I think not at all. Totally. And I really, I have so much respect for people, anybody who knows exactly what they want to do from like an early onset. That was definitely never me, but, you know, always had a, a love for, for writing and storytelling. So um, as I found my way into the job world, I think marketing quickly became a peak interest for me. So I actually started out in a early stage startup world. You end up wearing a lot of hats, like every hat possible, right? And where a lot of my responsibilities really fell were on the demand gen side as well as a lot of our field marketing. So getting a lot of great opportunities to go out and meet with customers and get to know people firsthand and start to understand their stories. From there, as you know, my career kind of evolved. I think where my interest started to lie was a lot in terms of more of that storytelling and really the positioning side of the house and how we could actually take our understanding of what we were trying to sell as products or who we were as a business and be able to better message that back to our customers our prospects. So um, as my kind of career journey progressed, I sort of ended up in more of a solutions marketing and industry marketing role that encompassed the customer marketing side of my last organization, which was just really exciting because it was a mixture of different activities and needs. But for me, where it really got close to the customer side was having to take such a niche view into the different ways people were using our products that really the only way to gain that expertise was to get really close and and deep in with certain customers. And so that's kind of where I ended up taking on the customer marketing functions, as well as finding different ways for that to be scalable and for a lot of our projects to go hand in hand so that we weren't just overburdening ourselves with a lot of need, but we're actually able to get a lot of things done. And so now in my current position, I, I work for a company called Gong and leading our head of customer marketing here, which has just been a total blast in the few months that I've already been here so far. 
Gong is such a cool company. I am a big fan of the way that you guys approach brand. I just really like the way that you guys are thinking about and uh, approaching the market. So definitely kudos to you guys. What do your customers look like from a persona standpoint? Yeah, that's a great question. And I feel like our target audience helps us be able to break the boundaries in terms of the way that we create such an interesting and, and fun brand. But we see a lot of people looking to us as finding ways that they can create that on their side too. So Gong is a revenue intelligence platform. Um, so what we do is we actually give revenue teams, that's kind of our core persona, anyone who might find themselves in the revenue org, whether that's sales or customer success or marketing or product folks, right? But we give them full visibility into what's happening in their deals, how their team's performing, and then their market strategy. So like what's happening with their market. We do this all by capturing different interests along the customer life cycle and in terms of different channels of customers. So whether that's phone calls or emails and being able to surface up that information in a way that's super digestible for teams to take action, particularly down to like individuals or team levels. In a lot of ways, we're marketing to sales personas or marketers and just people who we have a lot of deep understanding of what their interests are. And so we take an approach that I think is very closely aligned to what our product value props are, which is helping provide a lot of data and really not as much just the data output, but the insights from that data. So creating campaigns that are really tactical and useful with a lot of information that people can just be deploying, whether they're a customer or not. And I think that helps us get a lot of traction in the market. And then also just having a lot of fun with it, right? So how do we sort of get customers to rally behind that vision? We have a set of operating principles here at Gong. And of those, one of my favorite is creating raving fans. And it's something that obviously ties back really closely to my role too in customer marketing. Um, but that's a principle that we find everyone across our entire business. Like there's nobody who it doesn't have a responsibility in creating raving fans. And I think for us as a company, that's something that really shines through. We have a lot of customers who are very eager and excited to get vocal about us as a company. And that makes my job just that much easier. And you joined not too long ago, right? How many months have you been at Gong now? It's already been <laughs> five months. It sometimes feels <laughs> like a year. Things move really quickly here, but that's part of the excitement too. You know, it's a lot of fun to be a part of an organization that's growing really fast and just changing things up really quickly too when you were still sort of joining initially, how do you just at a high level kind of think about, okay, like identifying this is kind of the stage of the company and like this is what the company needs at this time because I'm sure that's going to evolve as you become more mature within the company, as your programs get more mature. But I guess this is just a roundabout way of me asking at this current stage, what's the focus from the customer marketing standpoint? Is it focused mostly on the advocacy portion of things is also partly some retention life cycle. How are you thinking about that? Basically the ratio there. Yeah, it's a really interesting question. I think one thing that, you know, anyone who's coming into a new organization finds too, is you come in, you have all this excitement, you have all these ideas and you want to try them out and you go in and there's all that oh, we've tried that before. Or like, <laughs> yeah. that's not a new idea. <laughs> totally. Um, and you sort of get like knocked down a notch too. So, right. There's so much to navigate in being a new hire in any organization. And, you know, Gong is somewhat of a, a newer company. So we're a little bit fresh. So for me, luckily there's a little bit less of that and a lot more just, yes, all things are great. We need it. But, you know, even there, there's definitely learnings to take from. So I think for one thing is for people to be starting by trying to uncover a little bit of that history, learning 
learning what works, what didn't, so that you're not just starting from scratch. And there's some takeaways that you can use to sort of help point you in the right direction as well. Thinking in terms of where we focus our time, I really think that it it is almost 50-50 at this point, right? So 50% on the customer advocacy side. So how do we tap into that raving fan base and make our voice really loud and present and relevant in the market? But then on the other side is in terms of customer engagement. So how do we engage customers throughout the life cycle? So everything that they do from day one as a customer, whether they're primary point of contact, maybe the buyer type or a core admin of our product, or whether they may be a user, how do we make sure that they are having a great experience with our organization? And then everything through how we make sure that they want to stay with us as a company and potentially even grow with our organization as well. So there's sort of that that split function. But for me, I think where things get really interesting and, and kind of going back to my experiences in my previous role with On24, with just learning the ways that I can kill two birds with one stone as much as possible, right? So how can I make programs hit lots of different objectives? So if I'm going to be getting a customer story in one area, is there something I can gather out of that that actually helps me use that back in my lifecycle programming or maybe helps me expand into a new division within a business so we can use that for our growth campaigns? You know, for me, it's kind of taking the principle of nothing is stronger when you're trying to tell your story than having your customers tell that for you. And then sort of applying that back into the customer engagement programs that we design. I'm curious about how that is different here versus at your previous company on 24. And so maybe even if you want to back up slightly and even just tell the audience what on 24 focuses on, and if you found some natural sort of synergies from a brand fun playfulness standpoint, because at least from what I remember, you know, had a community of, you know, advocates and also the web nerds idea, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I feel like so many like great memories and and, like cool plays and like ways to approach things. So if you aren't familiar with On24, On24 is a marketing platform primarily focused on like webinar marketing technologies and virtual event technologies. Uh, And so our customers, especially because we had a core focus in webinars, our community actually sort of self-identified as the webin nerds. Uh, So they were sort of organically already referring to themselves as that. And so we took that and really ran with it and created an entire customer facing brand behind that. And so going back to my points in terms of positioning work too, one of the things that, you know, I found as we were trying to tell a deeper story of who we were as an organization, right? So we aren't just providing like a tactical webinar platform. There's dozens and dozens of webinar technologies out there. So how do we help have our brand stand out by telling better customer stories? And what I found was we actually need to be going out and selling our vision of who we are as a business back to our customers to make sure that when we go in to tell that customer story or we get them out an event speaking, they're already organically repeating some of that idea back to us, right? So we're back to the broader market. So for us, I think the vision of kind of On24's product was deeper than a traditional webinar platform where it has a lot more in terms of engagement and also like the data that you drive out of it. And so that fit in so perfectly with the web nerd, you know, somebody who really like geeks out about having these 
really cool programs and also wants to get like down and dirty with the data and be able to use that in creative ways. So we took that and then we also just designed a lot of highly engaging campaigns that would help drive our message home, but also be able to take our customers' knowledge of our platform to the next level. So one thing that we did was we designed a, a summer school campaign. And so for the entire summer, we had a series of events that we ran weekly that did a deep dive into different topics. So really helping customers at any different stage within their level of maturity with our product, be able to come and engage with us and learn something, or if they're sort of already past that, they can kind of skip ahead. And then for some of our other products that we sold to that opened up opportunities for us to show customers how the work that they were doing today could be done through additional products or things that were in our product suite. So that sort of came full circle to give us back growth opportunities that primed our customers for those expanded conversations of what more they can be doing with our business. And then also at the same time, I was managing our solutions marketing and industry marketing team. So trying to find the ways that we could all work together. So for our industry marketing team, we were running campaigns to engage prospects or deeper engage customers who maybe come from, let's say, financial services or life sciences industries. So how could I work back with my customer marketing side of the house to say, okay, like what customers do we have today who could tell their story that we can use to help fuel the program needs as well as be able to capture a net new story that we could have to engage our other customers, right? So showing best practices for a customer in that industry, but also be able to use that as a piece that we could share back for our sales team who might be prospecting into similar types of accounts. So I think just finding ways that there's commonality between all the problems that get thrown at you. And sometimes as a customer marketer, you are responsible for hitting all these different goals and helping fuel a lot of different areas within the, the organization, right? Customer marketers are oftentimes times the quarterback of trying to support so many different teams. So how can you take those different goals and try to find ways that those fit nicely together? And sometimes it means just putting in a little bit more pre-planning and just sort of thinking ahead to like, well, okay, what are we going to do next quarter? How are we going to hit those goals? How are we going to also engage the customer base and just sort of making them sing together? To give you an example, Margot, I mean, going back to the summer school campaign that we ran, we actually use that as not only an engagement and education piece, but a way for us to source stories as well. So we would award certificates and badging throughout the process, which got our customers really excited about the ways that they were showing their learnings from it. And then we would prompt people to be sharing back with us or to be engaging within our community, having conversations about what they were learning or other best practices and tips that they might want to share. One of the cool things that came out of that program too was customers organically sharing templates for programs that they were running and ways that other customers or newer customers might be able to leverage their expertise in terms of what worked well. So there were a lot of great ways that outside of us just getting a case study, we were getting acts of advocacy that were sort of tied into the program that we had designed. When you think about the experience that you had on that solutions and industry side of the house and also running customer marketing, how do you think about depth versus breadth? Because if you're the first customer marketer, usually what happens is that you'll work with product marketing 
thing. There's like themes of stories that sort of end up coming out, but most of the time you're not really expected to get like that deep on technicalities on the product side and super deep on the industry piece, right? How did you think about that? Did you have customer marketing also be the experts and be able to speak about all these different industries and solutions in putting together stories? Or did you also loop in product marketing as experts to help out with that as well? Or any other sort of things that you relied on in order to do that? Yeah, it, it was pretty cross-functional. I think that we looped in the other teams to help sort of guide that. Because to your point, yeah, you you can't be all things. But trying to just find other ways too that like from the customer marketing side of the house, we can maybe organize our content. So if that's taking our full library of quotes that we have and then adding in what the use case was that the customer was using it for, what the industry they came from was. So ways that our you know industry marketing team could then come back and pour through a lot of information. One of the other strategies that we use, and this goes back to the research side of getting deeper and, and closer to our customers, was actually working with customer marketing to say, let's just set up calls. Like we want to get to know these customers. We want to understand them. They know what's happening in their industry far better than we ever could uh, learn on our own. So let's just go direct to the source. Right. And we would set up calls just to have a conversation and customers are really responsive and just eager to talk and, and share their, their best practices and experiences. And so we would invite the industry marketers on to actually manage a lot of those interviews or dive deeper into certain subjects that they were trying to learn more about, you know, having that customer relationship really helps help drive a lot of the information for our team. At the end of the call, you know, if it was somebody that we thought might be great for getting involved in the case study or sharing their story on a webinar or on stage in an event, we would float the ask. And so we would actually end the conversation by saying, Hey, like we've learned a lot of great information here today. Like we think other customers <laughs> yeah. as well, like, would you be interested? And I would say that probably ended up being like one of our top sourcing channels for getting new stories, which just kind of helped everyone all around. That's so funny. Definitely a trick that I employ a lot, especially, you know, if you're the first customer marketer coming on, you're tasked with getting some stories, talking to customers. One of the best ways to do that is you don't ask for the story outright. I've usually framed it in the past as, you know, hey, like just sort of love to pick your brain on your overall experience, how we can improve and really just try to understand maybe your thoughts on best practices or trends. And then you reverse back into, I've learned so much during this discussion like would you be willing to do or open to doing xyz right so that's so funny that's like the first time i've, I've heard someone else also utilize this tactic but I, I think it works really well actually oh my gosh absolutely it's so powerful i mean just to be able to have that warm open i mean people are going to be you know half the time turned off by the idea of you know just an ask for a case study there's no what's in it for me but if you just want to have a conversation and like pick their brain on stuff people are usually more than willing to just sort of get on a 15 minute call or in the olden days where we would have met up for a cup of coffee, right? Which unfortunately we can't do as much of that today. It's funny because as you said, a lot of times you don't want to start with the ask because the ask actually makes the person almost kind of scared a lot of times, especially depending on the industry, but if you approach it in that other way, you at least get to hump the conversation. And that's something that I always like was really emphatic to my team about is I'd rather have the conversation and have made the relationship, even if it doesn't turn into a 
published story, that person can still work with us in so many other ways outside of the traditional sort of published case study, essentially. So the relationship is actually more important than the specific output that you're trying to pull from that person. That's so well put and and just absolutely so true. And I think honestly, sometimes goes against the way that customer marketers I'm measured, right? Like what is the volume or like how many case studies did you get done or how many acts of advocacy did you get done? But think about how many more times that like you have a conversation with one of your sales leaders who's just like, I'm just looking for a customer who's doing this. And you're like, well, that's not something I would ever capture in a customer case study necessarily. But like, I have all these different customers who I know are doing that. So like, I can tell you that story right here. Or like, is there a different way that you can be sharing that information? So it's so, so true, absolutely, to just have the relationships with your customers and and just get to know the deep understanding of like how they're using your company and your products or the types of plays they're running or successes they're having. I, I took a lot of learnings from a recent podcast that you had, I believe it was with Leslie over at uh, Genesis and that she was telling, talking about how she's sort of redesigned her team around customer engagement and having groups of people who their responsibility is more to just like build relationships with customers so that they're very warm and someone you can always be going back to, to have those different acts of advocacy that aren't necessarily the output of a story. I think one of the other key priorities for me over here at Gong right now is building out more of that robust champions program where we have a network of folks who we work with and just have close relationships to like sort of go beyond just a one and done case study. And then we never hear from customer marketing again, right? That That's certainly not the goal of what we think of as the evolved version of our roles. I really love that idea is that you're evolving with your customers and that you can kind of keep going back to the well and you don't have to worry about sort of like sucking the well dry because if they see you as friends versus like you trying to get something out of them, it just totally flips or changes how that relationship builds essentially. It really does. And and like you said, I think that for many of us customer marketers, maybe some of us have had sales roles in the past, but you know, that wasn't our calling, but there's a lot of learning there and it, it all comes back to that relationship. And yeah, Margot, I mean, I don't know if you've picked up on this on other customer marketing channels, but I've definitely seen a lot of customer marketers start Starting to reshape the narrative behind case study. And this is something that like I am totally here for because I think that pigeonholing customer marketing into just being customer references and customer case studies is, is very narrow view of the work that we can be doing. And I think for us, it's thinking more of that customer story and reshaping like how we create those. Because I think the days of us putting together that two-page PDF of a case study. <laughs> yeah. Like that's pretty non-existent now. Like, I mean, we're still doing that. Like we're obviously still leveraging that, but there's so many other ways for us to be telling these stories that I think it's the time for us to just be like flexing up those channels. You know, we see such great customer videos that come out like a lot deeper or a lot more like personal into certain types of topics or having those customers speaking on stage or the rise of review platforms and the way that customers can be sharing their voices in the market in different ways there as well that kind of like deep dive into different aspects of your product. They're all customer stories. And it's just a matter of like reframing the way that we think about it so that we can approach it in the right way. That's really relevant to the way that businesses operate today. It's very easy to become siloed within this view of customer marketing just as references. You're either a people sort of generating machine or you're a content generating machine. And I think in order for us to be thought of as more strategic, you almost have to take more of a mindset similar to growth marketing, which is marketing is 
can never be static because trends are changing, consumer mindsets are changing, right? Everything else around you is changing. And so how people consume and think about content and the effectiveness of content is also massively shifting. And what may have been effective 10, 20 years ago as a case study, a PDF, or even a very highly produced video may not have nearly as much impact. And so are you using legacy ways of thinking and applying that to a completely changed mindset or are you also trying to evolve with the time? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's shifting as well, right? I think just like product marketing has really risen up as a critical function and like a a huge sort of role and a portion of businesses now, I think we're seeing the same level of importance on customer marketing because of that shift, because it's so much more tied into everything else that's happening across the business. And people are wanting to take more of this customer first approach to everything they do. And it's really hard to do that if you are not leaning on your customer marketing team to actually make that happen for you. So I think that for us as a customer marketing cohort, there's a lot of exciting things that are changing in our field. And it's really exciting that we're all starting to have more of these forums to communicate and share best practices like your podcast here today, Marga. Thank you, Jane. I I appreciate it. I think we're so on the same page uh, about this. So I I love that. I think something else that I wanted to touch upon in your experience, right, was that you are heavily involved in working with customers to sort of migrate or evolve on 24's brand narrative away from the previous view that maybe they were used to. So I'd love to learn more about how you thought about that and how you thought about utilizing your customers in this way. It was a really fun journey and like an interesting problem to solve for too, right? That I think took a few cycles to get right. But from a business standpoint on 24, who they were originally, they came out of being a multimedia shop who could produce for companies globally, anytime, anywhere, and actually began running production directly. And when I joined the company, it was like a few years after they'd actually like flipped the model. And instead of running only the production, actually taking the technology that we'd used on the back end to produce for people and started selling them directly as a SaaS product, right? I didn't know that actually. Yeah, it's a really interesting, almost like business case study, right? Of flipping a sort of a more legacy approach to something and actually like creating a technology business out of that. But I mean, of course, with that too, I mean, that made a huge shift in terms of what our messaging meant, right? So if our messaging originally was for us to get more ARR out of our business, we had to get customers to do more webinars. That's a lot of where our messaging sat, right? Is like our number one goal is to get people to just be producing more webinars. That's great for our business, right? And like, I think from there we'd evolved to like, yes, doing a lot of webinars is great, of course, but you know, maybe efficiency and effectiveness are going to be more valuable or what other ways that we can actually help you scale your business by our platform, having like on-demand functionality. Like you don't have to like run a webinar every month. If you have something on demand that you can rerun to a different audience. And that's hugely valuable as a time-saving device. So there are a lot of value props that our business had shifted to as we had shifted to a SaaS model. And when we were going out to customers, we were getting case studies that might be coming back and we're like, it's amazing. I ran 20 webinars this year and I had X number of attendees and X number of registrants. And I'm like, well, that's great, but that doesn't really tell me like a business impact story. And as a customer marketer, we're looking for like ROI or really yes. like, what does that do back to your business? And like, that's a hard story to work with, right? So going back to like the ways that we had to re-educate our customers, we started to shape the narrative by going to our customers first and talking about, well, actually like doing more webinars isn't necessarily 
really the holy grail, right? The holy grail is being able to have effective engagement with your customers and be able to scale the way that you work. And so from there, we actually started to get a lot deeper stories of customers who were being able to say like, oh yeah, well, we are doing that actually. Like, let me show you how we're doing that and the impact that's now actually having on my pipeline. So just because we sort of reframed who we were as a business to our customers, what we were looking to get out of our stories, you know, the information was already there. It just made it a lot easier for them to surface it back up to us. What channels did you utilize in order to tell that message, whether it was life cycle and, and how did you also think about talking about that message with your advocates and, and also pulling out some of those sort of deeper stories? How did that sort of become like a, a self-fulfilling cycle eventually? Yeah. Well, on the question on channels, it's any and all. <laughs> um, so yeah. one of the things we did was just map out, okay, like where can we engage with our customers? Like what channels are at our disposal and where are our customers already coming to engage with us, right? So how do we better leverage those as opportunities to get our message in front of them? So maybe that's the login page for our products. Can we be promoting campaigns there or messaging that we want there? In-app experiences, how do we message relevant information and the time and place customers are at within our products? As well as traditional channels like email and running webinars, we did tons of events. And then we took our community to the next level. I mean, I think what we had was a place for customers to go and, and have conversations and engage with people. But we sort of blew it up and created this entire environment where it was places where people could go find the information that they needed. So if we created a webinar or events or content, all of that information would be available inside of our community for customers to go and continuously learn and engage from. And one of the interesting programs that we put together was a playbooks program, actually. And so where this started from was we hosted, okay, this is like a really cool and like, I think specific example of a program that can like fuel a ton of different initiatives. So what we did is we hosted a customer spotlight session where we would invite different customers to come on and share their stories. We would promote it back primarily to our customer base, but in some circumstances, if the story was something our DG team was interested, we would also promote it out to our prospect base. So we would have this like amazing story where customers would come through and they would share a little bit more about the way that they were using our products and the types of results that they would have. And we would take that and we would turn that into like a written case study, which was great because then we now had a net new case study based on some of that information within the case study itself. So like within our website, we would actually point them to a CTA of learn more here at the webinar. So that way, if prospects wanted to come, we actually now had a way to capture prospect interest and tie pipeline back to our case studies. So people could come and, you know, we wouldn't just be tracking page views on the website. We'd actually be able to say, oh no, this actually converted into like a pipeline deal. That was really cool on the demand gen front. But then back on the customer front, we would be running those programs to customers. Um, we would use this as opportunities for customers to come on and just run Q&A. Customers could ask questions of each other's within the sessions. Um, they could continue the conversation within the community. And then for the playbook program, what we would do is we would actually, if someone was telling a really interesting use case-based story, so maybe someone was saying, here's how I created a webinar program for demo webinars. We would actually take that and then create a genericized asset, right? It was almost like a how-to guide. So maybe we might work back with our product marketing 
team or our support and help team to actually supplement and put a little bit more product specific information for other customers to learn from. Uh, but then we would have a, a totally net new asset for other customers to come and learn and just be like, okay, if I want to know how to run a demo webinar, here's the playbook for it. Oh, and at the bottom of that playbook again, we're pointing back to learn how XYZ account did it, right? So pointing back to that webinar, that case study. So again, just finding ties between different needs and then trying to create as much content in different formats to help sort of fuel that. I love this concept. And honestly, I think anything in which you can tie any program that you're doing to pipeline is so massive. This is such a great example of a very specific program that has all of these different threads that I think all these other teams would find incredibly useful that all are rooted right within customer. It was definitely a journey to figure out all the ways to make this come together. I think that back to the point on like ROI, I think that's something too, that for anyone who's on the content producing side of the house, it's really difficult sometimes to point back to like the tangible revenue pipeline, you know, demand gen tie back to the work that you're creating. And that doesn't mean that like, that means you should only create content that can be a tied back, right? Cause then we're not necessarily working towards the right goals. Um, but I think that if there are opportunities where you're like, oh, I can also be doing this. And then I'm getting to see some of the outcomes from my work. I think that's just like a nice way to put a cherry on top of the efforts that we put into. Well, I know that we're coming up on time uh, and I, we spent so much time talking about some really interesting things that we didn't uh, necessarily go into some of the other topics that we were going to focus on, but there's always uh, round two in the future. Um, so I would love for you to, to come back on and, and continue to share your wisdom. But in the meantime, you know, if people would love to connect with you, what's the best way that they can reach you? Yeah, I would love that. I always love geeking out with other customer marketers. You can find me on LinkedIn, Jane Menyo. I, I just love to just sort of have these conversations. I'm also a part of a few different customer marketing Slack groups. So if you see me in there, definitely give me a shout out. And yeah, I would love to hear like cool things other people are, are producing or like creative ways people are tying things together too. So yeah, just feel free to reach out and, and love to chat. Perfect. I will add your LinkedIn to our show notes so people can reach out. But this was such a lovely conversation. So thank you for coming on. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Beating the Drum. For more interviews with advocacy leaders and tips on creating customers that will sing your praises, head on over to our website, beatingthedrum.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to rate and review us. If you know someone that would be a great fit for the show, I would love to hear about it. You can reach out at beatingthedrum.com. Take care, everybody.